It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities, and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for April 26, 2020. Koyo Kobose here, so very, very glad you joined us. Yes, we certainly live in interesting times, and uh, <laughs> it's really something, sort of like science fiction with this virus situation. Well, well, we feel so fortunate that we're sheltering in place at the Bright Dawn Center here. Um, our lifestyle really, really hasn't changed since we're both retired and uh, we're already sort of isolated on a six acre uh, wooded property and uh, uh, our lifestyle really didn't change that much, you know, um, except for we, we can't go out to eat. A lot of times, <laughs> I'll tell you, <clears throat> we got a ha- into a habit that after Live Dharma Sunday, which is 8 o'clock uh, Pacific time, our time, that we, wo- re- we reward ourselves after the broadcast and we go out to the local uh, Greasy Spoon <laughs> and have breakfast on every Sunday morning. So we miss that. Um <clears throat> In springtime, you know, uh, you may, our property, when we turn in, into our driveway from the from Margaret Road, um, it's a long driveway, gravel about three three hundred feet maybe. And as we drive, when we come home, um, when we're driving down this long driveway, 
sometimes squirrels or rabbits, uh, they run across the <laughs> the driveway, and we we have a private joke among ourselves. Adrian and I have a private joke among ourselves, and we and we imagine that these animals are 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 shouting, "They're back!" <laughs> you know. And but I was looking at the rabbits becoming more numerous, uh, and they have big ears. Rabbits have really big ears. And, of course, when I get on that topic, I think about Dharma ears. That, that uh, This is a reminder or a teaching that uh, we need to have big Dharma ears, the better to hear the Dharma teachings with. Huh? To hear the Dharma teachings means, well, just to become more aware of the teachings that are all around us, okay? Not just in the uh, auditory modality, but, what, you know, whatever we happen to notice, uh, some image or, or visual visualness, um, and uh, the Dharma's all around us. That means the Dharma is inside of us. Or it's like putting on Dharma glasses, and then you see, oh, that is just an ordinary object or something, you know, uh, in my environment. But it could be the source of Dharma teachings. If I have the ears, Dharma ears, to hear it, hear the teaching. Okay. So I was thinking about that when I was thinking about these, all these rabbits and it's kind of strange interesting where sometimes the rabbits get kind of numerous but they won't stay numerous because we have uh, very close by in our physical environment we have a uh, bobcat and we have some coyotes huh? very interesting and <laughs> i would imagine yeah i don't know but i would imagine that these animals, like bobcat, one bobcat and, you know, a lot of coyotes around, that they know their territory. They're familiar with, you know, their physical space around them. And when they see too many rabbits around, they'll say, hey, easy pickings. <laughs> you know, this is the balance of nature, I guess you could call it. And as I think about <clears throat> rabbits, I'm reminded about that um, every year I go uh, I go get rabbit manure from uh, someone who has advertised in Craigslist. Oh, it's been maybe over five years now. Every year I go and he has a, I don't know if it's part of his livelihood or for sure it's his sort of hobby. He has a lot of rabbits and he lives again on a, on a rural wooded, uh, area, and uh, it takes a drive uh, to go to his place. Um, but on his property, which is more like a farm, I guess, is all kind of animals. But he must have uh, over a hundred rabbits, and they're show rabbits. They're in cages and uh, under an enclosure. Uh, and uh, I've seen him uh, uh, 
online when they go to certain shows and they take the rabbits, you know, I guess they're special. I don't know anything about the rabbit breeding and, and rabbit shows, but the certain breeds or whatever. And, uh, that's a whole world there. Okay. If you're into, uh, showing rabbits, okay. Not just your ordinary rabbits, but, okay. You can probably breed them for certain characteristics and so forth. And uh, rabbit manure is 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 just pebbles, um, and it's dry. Okay, so it's not like it's messy or stinky, really. And uh, so we get to shovel up uh, quite a few big black plastic trash bags we, in a shovel and we go and there's a big pile there where they put it from underneath the, the cages and they pile it up in a big pile and I go to that big pile or sometime I would go into the into the enclosure and just get it from underneath the cages because th- I'm, I, felt, I feel good about doing that because then I'm helping them out to do that anyway okay uh, so we do that, and I get maybe oh twenty bags. <laughs> I put them in the back of the, our pickup truck and bring them home, and you know put them into our raised beds. I have eleven raised beds. Each bed is four by twenty feet, and uh, over the years I built up uh, compost, and I've used different kind of manure in there. I've used. I'm, Rabbit manure is supposed to be tops, very good fertilizer. Okay, but I've used chicken manure. You can you can go in any nursery place. You could buy uh, cow manure, and uh, these are all good. And there isn't there a lesson there when you think about that manure is fertilizer. Uh, you know, because usually you think of manure as as uh, something pretty stinky, pretty bad, <laughs> something you, you know that doesn't have any redeeming qualities. It's waste product, okay? but it's organic. It's uh, from life, the life processes, huh? And uh, it, there's a cycle there. It goes back into the earth, huh? or it could fertilize and bring out more life in terms of plant life and so forth. Um, there's, uh, when I think about chicken manure, um, <laughs> I, I always remember Fritz Pearls, who was a psychologist, uh, and uh, he had, these different psychologists, or therapists have different methods or approaches to how they interact with clients. And uh, he tries to make people, he think, uh, one source of, uh, well, I don't know if you call it a defense mechanism, uh, where people, when they talk, they're not really being authentic to themselves. Their speech is unauthentic. Okay. Uh, it's not really, uh, well, for example, uh, uh, Fritz Perl says, hey, this, you know, when you talk about 
communication. When you talk about uh, someone talking, uh, that sometimes it's not. So he calls it three kinds of shit. Yeah, I was kind of hesitating because I didn't want to use that word, but he, that's what he—that's the word he uses. Okay, and this is in a psychology textbook, and of course it's for educational purposes, so it's okay. Um, three kinds of shit. Three kinds of speech. That's unauthentic. And the first kind is called chicken shit. This is little stuff. This is trivial. This is social. You know, how are you? Hey, good to see you. Good morning. It's not. It's just trivial. Okay. It's just uh, it doesn't mean anything. It's not authentic. Right. You not really want to know somebody. <laughs> how are you? Huh? And if that person sometimes says, oh, I'm not doing so well and starts to talk too much, <laughs> then the person might say, hey, uh, I really didn't mean it <laughs> when I asked, how are you? How are you doing? You know. So chicken shit, a little social, unauthentic speech. Then the next kind of shit is BS, bullshit. Now this is a, <laughs> and as you you know, the common meaning of bullshit. Ah, that's a lot of bullshit. Okay. It means excuses, rationalizations. You're not really facing or expressing authenticness in your speech. Ah, that's just a lot of BS. Huh? Then, interestingly enough, Chris Pearls talks about the third kind of shit. Okay. In addition to chicken shit, bullshit, okay, Bull, bullshit, of course, is bigger than chicken shit, okay. But if you want to get into the really big shit, he talks about the third kind, elephant shit. <laughs> By elephant shit, he means uh, over-psychologizing, you know, psychobabble, uh, and Intellectual people, educated people, are very prone to that kind of unauthentic speech. They just start, it's over intellectualization of something. It doesn't, it's not really authentic, heartfelt speech. You just start running some kind of old mental tapes, you know. Um, it sort of reminds me of uh, one of uh, my friends who was a uh, teacher in the Chicago City Colleges, and he he, he left that uh, profession because it got too too uh, rote for him. He would teach the same course every semester. He would have his notes all you know he it's all prepared what he's going to talk about. And he comes into class, and he says, well, where did I leave off, class? And they'll say, oh, you talked about it. And so he would turn to his lecture notes. He's not really teaching, you know. He's lecturing. And it became rote. It became boring. It became a comfortable rut. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, he, he, in terms of right livelihood, you want something that you put your heart into, okay? Um, 
So this is part of maybe unauthentic speech. Or if <laughs> another <laughs> phrase that I sometimes am reminded of is verbal diarrhea. <laughs> you know, we're just running off at the mouth. Uh, you're not really interested in communicating. Sometimes two people, uh, even if they're strangers, they're in the on a, on a bus or they're in a waiting room, doctor's waiting room or something. Two two people meet each other and they start talking, talking about their family, talking about their problems or whatever. That is really you see them both talking at each other, not to each other, and they're not really paying attention to what the other person is saying. They're just interested in what what they want to express, and no one, neither one is listening to the other. Uh, <laughs> I I think we humans are prone to this kind of uh, communication process to others, you know. Uh, and in fact, um, there's a, a, a therapist that I know that he suggested uh, categorizing three aspects of communicating to others, ethos, pathos, and logos. Kind of interesting. He says, ethos is the facts of a situation. Pathos is the emotions or feelings about something. And logos is uh, intellectualization, explanations. The intellectual abstract concepts involved or something like this. Okay. And uh, sometimes the line between these three types of communication get blurred. Um, sometimes you think you're talking about one thing, you're talking about the other. Okay. But it helps to be aware. This, this is just a, what do you call a... a um, <clears throat> helpful categorization to become clear about how you communicate to others. Okay? Sometimes you want to clarify, well, what are we talking about here? What are, what are the facts of this situation? And then sometimes you're really expressing your feelings of how you feel about something. Okay? And other times, the logos part is where you, maybe this is where uh, is the over intellectualization of something? Start, you know, talking about something, the abstract concepts involved, or giving advice. Yeah, this is where it gets kind of interesting. Where among uh, friends, among uh, uh, friends, when it's in a someone, one friend trying to help another friend who has some kind of problem. Or, of course, it could be a parent-child. It could be therapist to a client uh, or domestically in the family. Okay. Uh, how would we communicate? Sometimes we're just saying, hey, what's going on? You know, the communication is ethos. That is, they're just in getting informed what's going on okay. what's with somebody's life or with some situation that... Uh, do you want to tell, inform others about? Other times, 
uh, its pathos, which is feelings. Okay? Now, sometimes when friends talk to each other, they don't. They know what the facts are. They know how to handle a problem, approach a problem. But what they're communicating as friends to each other is, here's my pain. And you want someone to share your pain. <laughs> this is pathos. So, man, this is, how, this is how you feel. This is, and you respond with your feelings. Can you imagine uh, somebody that goes to the logos part where says, well, you know, what you ought to do is uh, this, this, or uh, some psychologists say this, this, or, uh, hey, you know, this, this might help you doing this, this. It, you, you may be sincere in offering your advice, but they don't need advice. Huh? Uh, they don't need all that logos. They could hear lectures, they could read books, they could, you know, somehow they just need a human connection of, um, well, sort of misery loves company or being feeling understood, feeling uh, humanness there. Okay. Not just the facts or explanations, conceptual, abstract concepts and so forth. Okay. That's what friendship is all about. That's what family is all about, isn't it? the most important part of communication, feelings, you know. And um, I remember a, a friend of mine who was a therapist. One time he just offhand, was he said, you know, if I ever get bored while listening to a client, then I know that there's nothing valuable going on here. If someone's really on... Uh, uh, Describing something important, you don't get bored listening to that person. But as a therapist, if he ever, you know, he's sensitive to the fact that, well, if he starts to feel like he's getting bored, then he knows that this client is just, he's just wasting their time. This client is just running some old mental tapes or, you know, and so forth. There's not going to be any real revelation or opportunities for growth. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That when some real stuff comes out, the listener, the therapist, they don't get bored. Even though the session might be long. Huh? Isn't that interesting? Well, well, I, I mean, this is what rabbits running across the dry, our driveway and led to manure and three kinds of shit and the way we communicate and verbal diarrhea and and all this stuff. Eh? The dharma's all around us. Let us hear a Dharma glimpse from our guest today, Gina. Gina-san lives in Arizona. She's part of our current LM12 group that will be finishing up uh, their two-year program this May. So let's hear from Gina-san. Hi, this is Gina Tunder with my Dharma glimpse. On Sunday mornings, I am the first to arrive at the Buddhist temple where I set up the chairs and cushions for the Dharma meditation group. For years, the Dana bowl has been kept on a table in the front near the Buddha statue. A few Sundays ago, I noticed the monks had moved the Dana bowl on a shelf 
in the back near the exit door. This was a great place for it because it was easily accessible as people left. They had also placed a sheet of paper above the bowl, which read, Donations, your contributions will help general running costs of this facility. Thank you. All is good. Not really, at least not in my mind. The paper sign had been taped to the wall with yellowish colored tape. My mind took off with thoughts of, looks untidy, looks tacky. I can't believe they did that. I want the table to look nice. What were they thinking? And on and on and on it went. And I'm actually embarrassed to say that my continued judgment went on for weeks. Every time I entered the temple, that sign and tape irritated me. Why don't the monks make a nice sign? I don't get it. Then I had a glimpse of the Dharma. Why am I waiting for the monks or someone else to do something about the sign. The temple belongs to the community. Many people donate their money, time, and skills to help with the upkeep of the building and grounds. So that week, I purchased a frame and looked forward to hanging a nice-looking sign above the Donable. I thought I would be free at last from my ongoing criticism. But there is more. On the official sign-hanging Sunday morning, I arrived to the temple earlier than usual with a hammer, hook, and the framed Donna Bull sign. The head monk, Auntie Amanda, was also there. With a smile on my face, I quickly pulled the nicely framed sign from my bag for him to see. Never said a word, just looked at it. His expression never changed, no smile, no thank you, nothing. He just looked at it, then began talking about something else, and he left a few minutes later. I was left alone to hang the sign, completely alone, stripped of my ego. Fonte Amanda left the room with my ego tucked away in his robe. Now, I was finally <laughs> pretty good, pretty good, you know. Uh, <clears throat> that's a nice glimpse because, uh, in a way, there are layers, aren't there? Uh, textures of it. Uh, and the self-introspection Self-reflection and introspection is the Buddhist methodology, Buddhist practice, okay? and it's most fundamental to be aware of how how we're interacting with uh, what's going on. Huh? So you see this tacky sign? <laughs> you say, hey, hey, no, man, you know it. It, it, uh, violates, it insults your art artistic, uh, you know, notion. It's not neat. Uh, and indeed, you say, why, gee, why am I irritated? To become aware of your judgmental irritation, you know, uh, 
And especially when it's in a spiritual place, okay, place of practice, <laughs> that you, that, that this is the, what's going on. And you say, well, how come? And if you look at it a little bit more, you say, well, how come they they didn't make a better better sign? Then, as she said, well, why don't I make a sign then? Instead of just complaining about, you know, others. So then she makes the, <laughs> she makes the nice sign. And she feels so good about it. Huh? And then she doesn't get any feedback about, hey, you made a great sign. Wow. As she hangs it up. There's the more deeper uh, introspection of, hey, uh, what about this process of life, things happening, situations arising, how we handle things, how we think about those things that happen, you know, how our self-centered ego infiltrates colors uh, our our what our our assessment our 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 uh, judgment of ourselves of the situation uh, it really uh, is Layered, textured, I guess is the is the word, and that shows, I think, um, a never-ending. There's, there's no answer really. There's nothing like, oh, this is the way it gets processed. Okay, uh, and something like that could be fodder. Could be uh, a source of new opportunities. Okay, it comes from. Actual life, huh? it's not a big thing. It's not like, hey, you know, but it's real authentic. It's real person, okay? life experience. Okay? As common as it might be, as ordinary as it might be, not earth shattering. Huh? But it could be a source of continuing Dharma teachings in all kinds of ways. I hope she doesn't put a period on it. I hope she doesn't keep that as a gem and put it that that precious stone in a in a little felt bag that you can say, "Hey, here's an example of a great teaching that I received." Uh, but I hope that uh, it, it to remain alive, to remain viable. Okay, don't put a period on it. Okay, uh, as my father would say. Okay. That it's an it's an open uh, reservoir that adds to a lot of teachings. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a beautiful day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.